mystical, so unpredictable here on the SNL Network. Yes, that is right. Welcome, everybody, on in to the Saturday Night Network's roundtable for the Travis Kelsey and Kelsey Ballerini episode of Saturday Night Live. My name is John from the SNN. Very pumped to be with you on this Monday night to break down everything from a very fun week of Saturday Night Live. Very different week. We got a professional athlete hosting the show. We had a country music singer singing this time so uh it felt like we were trying new things and that certainly was the case for some of the sketches we saw this week as well so i am very excited to break it down with our panel that we have here on this monday night and joining us first is the legend himself give it up for sean grant sean how are you oh man i'm good john i appreciate you having me back oh man and i'm you know what i got this external microphone just for you and I want to check under your table to make sure you're not aroused, man, because I know how excited you must be about it. <laughs> I, got, I got both hands, both hands on right. the table. But it's a standard procedure. Yes, yes, for it's sure. It's a vestige of the COVID era. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, this, is, uh, this would be Heidi Gardner coming up to me. You mind always keeping both hands on the table? <laughs> yes, yes, Heidi, they're there. But uh, yes, Sean, uh, you sound like a million bucks. Excited to get your thoughts on the show tonight. So uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Joining us as well, you heard his voice. It is the great Sammy K. Sammy, how you doing? John, I'm, I'm doing really well. Uh, Saturday was a fun night for us comedy and SNL fans between the Chris Rock special live on Netflix and then a new episode of SNL. So uh, a big night for OJ Simpson jokes as well. So, you know, excited to uh, get get into everything and all that about this episode. Yeah, Sammy, can you remind me later in the show? I do. I have a thought on that, like how that relates to Saturday Night Live. So uh, just remind me in case I forget okay. that I do want to say something about that special sure. that also happened on a Saturday night. But, uh, you know, without further ado, it is time to introduce uh, one of our new uh, featured players. Sometimes SNL adds some people in midseason in the history of the show, and we're very excited to do that as well. Give it up for Zoe Walker joining us for the first time on the podcast. Zoe, how are you? Hi, I'm excited. Um, I had no idea, idea who Travis Kelsey was before this week, but I'm excited to talk about him. And he, I think he did a good job. So I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, he, he definitely did. Well, you know, that's what's fun about athletes hosting the show is that you're either exposed to people you've never seen before, or if you really like sports, it's really cool to get to see athletes come on to Saturday Night Live with no idea how they're going to do. But uh, Zoe, very excited to have you as a part of our roster now rotating on some of our shows coming up. But please let the listeners know like a little bit of background on you. They know Sean, they know Sammy, they know me, but what's your history with SNL? Yeah, so my history with SNL, I started watching probably in middle school with my brothers. Um, they're older than me. I didn't grow up watching it. I was pre preoccupied with like Hannah Montana and Wizards Waverly Place. But um, I started watching SNL in middle school probably around when like Heidi and Ego were joining and I was obsessed with them. And then I continued watching. And then really in COVID was when I was like every during COVID quarantine, every Sunday morning I would watch it. And it was kind of like my therapy and what got me through. But yeah, I like SNL, just like you okay. guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, welcome. Very pumped to have you with us. And let's turn our attention to Travis Kelsey. 
who comes in hosting the show off of a Super Bowl win with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not the first time in the history of the show that we've had somebody win the Super Bowl and then host the show. Uh, Deion Sanders did it. Peyton Manning did it. Tom Brady did it. Eli Manning did it. And now Travis Kelsey. So we've seen all different types of athletes host the show going back to the days of Fran Tarkenton with football back in the 70s and uh, basketball players, uh, skaters, hockey players, baseball players, pretty much someone, tennis players, someone from every sport has hosted the show. So I want to talk about the decision to book Travis Kelsey and then we'll get into the idea of what it means to really have a professional athlete host the show and what you look for when that happens. So let's start with Travis himself. Sean, I know you're a big basketball guy. Were you excited, though, to have a football player, Travis Kelsey, host the show? Absolutely, man. And I think um, the cool thing about football players more than other sports, I think they all they have a built-in persona or an idea that you can play off of. And I think they did a good job. You know, the man-meat uh, type thing. He Most of his um, sketches, I think he did the man-meat thing where he's just this handsome guy or this, this buff guy, and uh, we're playing a game based on that. But a couple of them, and I'm glad that you picked one of them, uh, he got a little weird. He was able to show some range as a weird guy. And I think it's a testament to what a cool guy he is that I didn't believe him as a weird guy, uh, you know, which is a, a good thing. I think I could play a creep. I think you could play a creep too, John. I think you'd be a good creep. Thank you. Uh, very believable. But Travis Kelsey, no. <laughs> and forgive me, Zoe, I mess with John a lot. I don't think this is like I'm just doing this. this is, I'm just showing off for Zoe. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> it's all love. But, but Sean, are you, uh, do you like watch football regularly? Do you know Travis Kelsey very well? Yeah, yeah. My football team is just bad, so I don't talk about it. I'm a Miami Dolphin fan. Uh, but I do like this guy, man. I like him. My, my wife likes him a lot. He's, he's one of those, you know, those – how do I describe it? Like they – I guess uh, what's another white guy that's like a like a black guy? But anyway, like I feel like I'm gonna get in trouble if I answer. So please, please, you finish. Well, yeah, you you know what I mean. Like, like, yeah, that that type of guy where he's just comfortable in every setting. He's not overdoing it with trying to be a cool white guy. He just is. He just has a certain quality to his voice and 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 a coolness about him. That uh, that that ladies in my community in the in the black community seem like maybe I could be wrong. I don't know if Zoe was feeling him in that regard, but that's why I really liked about that family meeting sketch. They seem to play with. I don't want to talk about it too much until we get to it, but it kind of played off of that idea that black women are very attracted to him, uh, and he's just an attractive dude in, because of his coolness, not so much of uh, yeah his look, but he also also handsome, you know and. Uh, I think they played with him really well. They used him very well. Yeah, he has a BDE, as you would say, I think. Well, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know the acronym. We're going there. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's what you were going for. Um, but, uh, you know, I, Zoe, I, I should probably go to you next because, you know, Sean was, was talking about, uh, you know, different people and how they may feel about Travis Kelsey. So uh, did you, you said you didn't know this guy, but what's your impression of Travis now that you saw him on the show? Um, I mean... Contrary to popular belief, I'm not particularly attracted to him, but um, <laughs> um, I thought he was good. I thought he was charming and charismatic. Um, I feel like I'm rooting for him. I've never seen him play football, but I was like, you go, Travis Kelsey, like reach for your dreams, host SNL. That's really how I felt about him. <laughs> I'm like proud of him, but I don't know him. Okay. 
All right. Well, Sammy, I got to talk to you right before this was announced that he was going to host the show. So we sort of broke this down. We had a live reaction to the announcement. And I know you are not the biggest uh, sports guy, but for you, how did you feel? Because I sort of prepped you with all the background on Travis Kelsey. But yeah. really, how did you feel about him hosting the show and what you got to see? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, when you kind of look at, you know, you take a step back for myself and like, you know, for the most part, when they announce someone hosting SNL, you know, I know them. I'm pretty like, you know, got my, my finger on the pulse when it comes to pop culture. Um, but I think the last time I, I didn't um, remember, didn't know who a host was, um, you know, when it was announced was um, probably the J.J. Watt episode. Uh, Roger John Page was like another one where, but like once I, you know, got the Bridgerton connection, I'm like, okay, I recognize that guy. But yeah, so, you know, for the most part, unless it's somebody from the WWE or like a huge star like LeBron, is announced as a you know host for SNL. I'm, I'm not going to know a bunch of the kind of athlete hosts. So going into those shows, you know, my expectations are a little lower. I'm a little less excited, but it definitely you know because of those lower expectations, I'm I'm, I'm able to kind of be surprised. And I think this was um, the case for that with Travis Kelsey. I was like from the moment he stepped out uh, during his monologue, I was just very impressed with how charming and charismatic he was. Um, and Sean, I don't know if this is like the type of guy that you were like kind of alluding to as far as like someone that he reminds you of, but the vibe I was getting from Travis Kelsey as someone who also has hosted SNL in the past couple of years was Jason Momoa. That is kind of the vibe I got from him, you know, just kind of like a, you know, a, a big guy who like, you know, has, has his charisma and, you know, has a smile. Um, and yeah, I think they really played into that persona um, throughout the episode in interesting ways. And he definitely gave a different, um, you know, flavor and personality than we got from, you know, a majority, if not all the other hosts this season. So it was, it was a nice change and also, you know, brings in people who aren't watching SNL every week or maybe more in line with the sports world. And they're like, oh, wow, like this guy who just won the Super Bowl is hosting SNL. Like maybe I want to see that. Yeah. You know, I love that you have me on this podcast, John, because I feel so cool being here. The fact that I know, like, <laughs> like am I like the only person, like, I don't know half the actors. I don't know half of the, I have to Google, like, most of the people on the TV. But the athletes, I'm like, man, I'm the jock on this network, man. <laughs> I'm the cool, well, badass dude. Yeah, I feel like you're, you're going you're gonna to shove me into a locker or something. Like, I'm so, like, <laughs> afraid right now. <laughs> We do have a lot of panelists that also like sports. And I think like going back to the days of SNL stats, like we have people who like to watch SNL like it's sports, but you yourself, Sean, typically tend to watch SNL. And when you're talking about sketches, you often make basketball analogies. So I do feel like you are a great person to talk to about a sports host. Thank you, bro. You kind of told me in a little in a way that I'm not that valuable. There's other people here that carry <laughs> my... <laughs> Just so you know, I don't need you, man. I got other people that know sports, but nah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think Very I'm solid point guard. I'm going to use some football analogies today, man, because I think he did that. He he hit the A gap. He, he went hard, and you could tell that he really, uh, even though he, he you know, he played with it in the um, in the buildup when he did that, what do you call those, uh, the teaser with, with Heidi um, mm -hmm. about being, you could tell that he had a lot of that, that effort, you know what I mean, like that he was going for it, so. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Or, or you can say he threw a Hail Mary. Is that, is that the sports thing? Oh, yeah, there, there, um, there you go. 
one point. Uh, I guess, yeah. I mean, more like he probably like had a touchdown. I feel like that would probably be. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, Hail Mary is yeah, more yeah. like a lucky it's very specific. Yeah. Now it's, uh, like a Hail Mary would be like if his show kind of like sort of was middling, like maybe kind of sucked. And then at the end of the game, right. he uh, like went for it, like something off. <laughs> so uh, that's something crazy. That, but, yeah. Okay. Touchdown. Let's yeah. go with that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Touchdown. Uh, or as he said uh, during his monologue. More. 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 Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, well, let's talk before we get into the night and the sketches. I do want to talk about the general idea of athletes hosting the show. I could tell you that you know we posted a bunch of stuff on social media last week um, about athletes and their history hosting the show, and I got so many comments from like. People being like, why? Why are we doing this? Athletes should not be hosting SNL. They're not funny. I don't know why that they're giving us a spot. And I was like, this is, this, to me, this is cra- a crazy take. Like, I think that the idea here is you're going to, you know, it, the, the cast of the show are the ones that are like seasoned sketch performers. The hosts of the show are not necessarily, they don't have to be like amazing at SNL if they are hosting for the first time. Right. Like you bring back the hosts that are really great at SNL. But I think when you're trying somebody for the first time who's popular and well known, I think like that's when you try stuff. So for me, it's a no brainer to every now and then mix it up with a different genre of host per se. But Sean, like for you, I want your opinion. Like what does it mean to you to have a professional athlete host the show? Does it change your, the way you watch the show? Let's get into it. Well, you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you're just really. And I did see that post you made, John. So I, I was, I am going to ask you a question after I get my opinion real quick. But yeah, I love to see these guys um, get a voice, you know, like to get uh, the people that, you know, like Michael Jordan, this, you know, people that you usually buy shoes from that you, you have an idea of their persona and to see them uh, put in a different uh, realm is, it's fun. I mean, maybe, you know, for somebody who's hardcore, who wants to, yeah, I, I don't get why you'd watch the show for that. Like you said, that's what the players are for. They're there to to be supportive and to show how good they are by playing through somebody else. You know, it wouldn't be as I think that's what separates this show from the others. From like when people try to compare it to the Mad TVs or the you know Living Colors and stuff like that, it's like we have a new persona every time we have a new host. So to see the old Bill Russell episodes and up to uh, Michael Jordan and, and Charles Barkley and LeBron, that that makes it even more interesting when you have a complete amateur that's going to come in and try something. But uh, how many athletic hosts have, or, or yeah, I guess pro athlete hosts have returned? Is that do you know that number, John? Well, Chuck would be Charles Barkley would be the main one who has come Ooh. back. But if I'm just taking a look at this list pretty quickly, and we did post this on uh, on our Instagram page, we posted all the athletes who have hosted Saturday Night Live. I actually don't think we've had. I would say like if you count The Rock, I guess it was a wrestler. He would be the other mm. one. He's, he is a five timer. But besides that, I actually don't see another one on this list that has come back. So it's Charles Barkley. And Dwayne Johnson are the two that would be here. John John Cena never came back. Uh, to host, I think yeah. he hosted once. Oh, okay, he might have cameoed or something else that I'm thinking. Yeah, of. Yeah, I think he, he he did, but uh, yeah, he hosted once only. But The Rock doesn't count because even wrestlers are actors. Like that's the, the the whole thing is they have to have a an acting persona. You don't need that for basketball or football, so the, that that don't count. I'm sorry. Yeah. So Charles Barkley no, would be no the, offense, the answer. No offense, Sammy. No offense, that's not real sports. 
None, none taken. I'm not, I'm not a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, but Travis Kelsey could be. Uh, that's that's his personality. So, Zoe, let me go to you. I mean, you find out that a professional athlete's hosting the show. Don't know how into sports you are in general, but how do you feel about that type of episode going into it? Um, I feel like it's important to have athletes on SNL just because the host should be whoever's most relevant and winning the Super Bowl is pretty relevant. Um, but when I what I expect from an athlete host is a lot of like cue card reading and maybe not being comfortable acting or pretending to be someone else um, and maybe not as funny as maybe a comedic person or a naturally a natural performer might be. Um, and then I also expect to have no idea who they are or what to expect from them um, when I find out that it's an athlete. But I thought he did a good job. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sammy, what about you? Uh, thoughts on athletes hosting the show? I know that you've gone back and you've watched a lot of the older seasons of the show now. And, um, you know, in, especially in the first few years, they tried different stuff. We had OJ Simpson, who Keenan played this week. He's hosted the show in the original year. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been a lot of times throughout the history of the show that they have done this. Is this something you enjoy? And also, is this something they should do more? I mean, the last time they did it was like, what, 2020 or 2019, right? So it's been a while. When right JJ before Watt... COVID with, with J.J. Watt. Yes, exactly. So it's been a while. I was actually, when I saw that stat, was a little surprised that you know, in the COVID era and onward that we haven't gotten an athlete host Wonder that has to do with the fact that sports and everything like for a while weren't going on or we're in the bubble and everything like that. But um, no, I mean, I, I think what is cool about SNL is that, um, you know, it isn't just like, you know, the biggest movie stars or people on television. It's like kind of like a stamp of approval that the show gives a person and mints them as like you are, you know, kind of like what Zoe was saying, you are relevant in the culture right now. And obviously, you know, Travis Kelsey is a is an example of that. Um, you know, if we just had, you know, seasoned, you know, improv comics or stand up comics host SNL every week, you know, it should be a completely different show. Like, I'd love for someone like Ben Schwartz or Patty Harrison to be the, you know, people they're announcing to, you know, host SNL. But that's not what the show has been since 1975, and, and that's not what the show is today. So, um, I think they certainly bring a different flavor. It's almost like very riveting and exciting to see like an athlete host especially somebody who has like no acting like experience at all like you know you know there there have been athletes in the past who have had more um experience like behind or in front of the camera um but travis kelsey you know as far as like a scripted thing i mean i i know we saw during the monologue that he had a reality show on e but you know really um being able to do sketch comedy you know for the first time in front of all these people it's just it's it's very cool. It's exciting. It adds like an extra thrill factor to watching the show. And sometimes it works. And tonight, and the episode we're talking about tonight, I thought it worked a lot. There are certainly times where I'm like, okay, you can tell, you know, this is this guy's first time acting, <laughs> doing sketch comedy. But um, it's just, it's, it's super impressive. And, um, you know, I think I would like to see the show do more of it, even if it's going to be someone they announced that I've never heard of. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, once every two seasons would be the amount that I would be cool with. I think that's probably and it probably averages out to that if you did uh, a look back at the history of athletes on SNL. One of the fun things that we did today for our Monday polls we, was we put out on social media, we asked the question, which athlete would you want to see host SNL next? And Sean, as the resident jock on our panel, I have to ask you, which athlete would you want to see come in and host SNL next? Yeah. Oh man. Oh, Woo, that's a good one. That's a good question. You know what? 
Um, because I'm a big basketball guy. I would right. like to see not big, but yeah, I mean, I'd say KD, man. I like to okay. see <laughs> Kevin Durant, man. Like because it, that would be very, you know, would be so interesting because I think he is a very sensitive guy. Um, I think so. If he uh, was able to, you know, it, it'd be very interesting. I'm not saying it'd be good. It'd probably be a terrible episode because uh, he'd probably be like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but, yeah, just interesting. I think uh, to see if they could break his shell. Because um, I, I don't know if you remember that thing he did with or where Peyton Manning made fun of him at the ESPYs and he seemed right. to get serious. I, I think that it was a bit. I think he was in on it and knew that the camera would be on him. But he played it so well that most people were like, it felt awkward, like like he was offended. You know what I mean? You know when you're supposed to do that, I'm offended look from the crowd? But yeah, I think he just did it so well that everybody believed the moment was awkward. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd take that on SNL just to see, um, you know, just to see if he could make fun of his bald spot and other things that people would make fun of. Uh, but who knows? Zoe, do you have a an athlete pick of any? Um, I feel like um like a gymnast or an Olympian, I would pick Simone Biles. She's the only okay. athlete I would really keep up with. I feel like she's funny and she's smart. I feel like she could handle it. For oh, sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sammy, you got anybody? I do. I mean, I don't know if Sean's gonna accept this answer because I am picking another WWE person, which just to you know, tell the people at home, I, I don't watch the WWE. Like it's not my thing. But they have, um, you know, bred some pretty successful actors. One of which, you know, right now is one of my favorites, which is Dave Bautista. I love this, like, the like kind of projects that Dave Bautista has been picking. He's been doing a lot of like not just comedic and action roles. So you know, he's been doing a lot of dramatic stuff. So I think it would be cool to see him step into the world of SNL. And then one other pick I have. Just because I recently watched the Adam Sandler movie Hustle, uh, Anthony Edwards was really good in that movie. Like he, um, he kind of plays like the antagonist uh, to the, the 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 main basketball player we follow in the movie, and he had some chops. So um, we'd like to see him do more acting work and, and maybe potentially host SNL as well. Yeah, yeah, that like, that would be fun. I like that. I like that. Um, I like Carrie said Steph Curry in the chat, but also yeah, Luka Doncic because you could do some of that stuff with his forwardness and all that so yeah i think uh but bautista that doesn't count man he's an actor first yeah i agree with you john ananias <laughs> hell yeah. yeah he's an actor um okay. well okay. we did ask the question today and steph curry was by far the number one answer that we got from people who wanted to see steph host the show and this is somebody who also i picked in the never hosted draft earlier this season i really thought that he would do it so i wouldn't be surprised if we got steph at some point i'm actually really surprised he has not hosted the show uh, given his success uh, mahomes was the second most uh, picked choice so uh, obviously this time we got kelsey instead of mahomes but uh, that could be in interesting there were some votes also for aaron judge uh megan rapino uh, serena williams so some really good choices here, potentially, Ooh. and lots. Uh, you can still enter in and if you want to let us know what you think and which athletes uh, should host the show. But let's get into this episode. Let's talk about what we saw, the sketches from the night. So we're going to talk about the sketches that we want to talk about from the Travis Kelsey and Kelsey Ballerini show. So, Sean, I'm going to send it over to you for the sketch that you want us to start with. You know what? I made a mistake when I picked this one because it's the sketch that I laughed at the most, but okay. it's also the, the type of sketch that I would have expected from Travis Kelsey. It played into that 
meathead football jock thing. Uh, it's the yeah straight male friend. Um, but I really loved the the we get the game immediately. Um, just the idea of having a because mostly we we you think about women having a gay friend and and that's been historically like the benefits of that. But what's the 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 dynamic between a a gay male friend and a straight male friend? I'm sorry, a gay, yeah, gay male friend, a straight male friend. And it was fun to see that, but him still play a sensitive guy. Like, that's what I loved about Kelsey. He was so likable. There was no, like, you didn't feel like there was, like, a homophobic thing or, like, he was, like, weird about being, it wasn't about him being gay or him being straight. It was really mostly about just things that straight males do or, or don't do, the way we don't connect. Um, and when he said, yo, I'll tell you, I've worked at, um, a, a manual labor job for many years. That part about racing a grown man is so real. Like when I tell you, I in steel toe boots. Anytime a man says he's fat, a straight, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about you know, like maybe wrestling fans. Sorry, Sam. But guys who like a regular <laughs> sports fans, when you say, "Yo, I'm gonna dust your ass," that's insane. That's the most. Authentic line he said that night. I'm gonna take you outside and dust your ass. That means leave you in the dust, John. When you run in somebody, you dust kicking in your face. Uh, so yeah, oh, you got okay. So yeah, man, like that one resonated with me and made me laugh throughout. It, but it was also what you would have expected from Travis Kelsey the whole night. Um, so it was more interesting to see the sketches that maybe you guys picked. But that was my favorite. I'm curious to hear what you guys think about it. I think it was really great. I think that some of the points that we'll hit on as we go through to get Zoe and Sammy's thoughts are just really, uh, you know, the interesting aspect of this pre-tape, which is really, we, we open up with uh, Travis, he, sorry, with um, with Bowen here, with uh, three of our, our female cast. And, you know, he's sort of talking about what it's like in his day-to-day to have, you know, straight women friends, but it's not the same thing as having a straight male friend. And we get this juxtaposition between the two different scenes and what it really means. And the funny thing, for me was that he sort of treats this like um a medical ad like it's like a medical product where you get like the the bottom uh you know like the, you know if you have more than two uh straight male friends then you risk going to atlantic city like there's like fun little easter eggs here that they put here so i think this was extremely clever zoe i want to get your thoughts on it yeah it felt so real like i have brothers i know straight male people and they really can be that head empty so it was it felt really honest. I've seen people challenge each other to races and it get really intense. So I was like, yes, they're hitting the nail on the head. <laughs> that is what straight male people are like. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, this, uh, this was what we got from, I, I love this particular line from Bowen. Hey, I might be moving to Europe for seven years. Oh, tell me when you're back. I love that that interaction back and forth. I mean, it was the things like that that they kept going back and forth between the two of them that I thought were really fun here. Sammy, what did you think of this pre-tape? I really enjoyed this. I, I like the kind of low-key energy. I mean, I know you we've compared it to like a medical ad, which is certainly what they were going for. But, you know, especially like in contrast to the pre-tape we got earlier in the night with Please Don't Destroy, which had their typical like wacky, crazy energy. It was cool to kind of see the next pre-tape on the show, like, you know, take it down to like a very smooth level, like very, um, you know, soft spoken, like, like Bowen, you know, can play like these wild and wacky characters, but, you know, seeing him get to kind of ground this 
sketched into like, you know, a real place I thought was really cool. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed or cared, but the John, I'm sure you know this, the wing pit sign uh, in the sketch. Yes, yeah. I thought that was a cool Easter egg, you know, referring to um, the sketch. Was that from the Michael B. Jordan episode uh, a couple weeks ago? Yes. Yes, yeah, it was. Uh, the wing pit. Uh, no, no, Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. It was okay, right. Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very cool to see. You know, we, we love it when SNL, just for us like super fans, they just, you know, throw us a bone there. Um, when I watch this live too, you, you talk about the lower bits. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, you talk the about the, the, the lower third of the screen. I like when I first watched the sketch, just totally didn't see those. Like it was very, uh, like this sketch, which is very low key. So I totally missed that. So when I got to rewatch it, had some replay value for me. Um, the, the, the one other thing I, I wrote down when, you know, watching the sketch was, um, you know, the big kind of dramatic scene where, um, you know, they're saying, you know, your straight male friends, not even going to tell you when he's, you know, down or, you know, dealing with hardship. And, you know, Travis says that, you know, his dad died last week. I feel like the audience was just like, so taken aback. Like they were like completely silent. Like there was not like any, like, you know, nervous laughter in the room or anything like that. Like totally sucked the air out of it. Um, I don't know. That was like, the one thing for me that, um, I, it's almost like they went too hard or I, I don't know. That I, I just felt like it was like, oh man, this is this is really really real. But um, I don't know if that could have been done in a different way. But overall, I found uh, this to be like a really like solid piece from Bowen. Well, I think they needed to do that, right, Sean? Because then you get the you get it like right after where he's like, oh, I I'm sorry that I but was I'm cool. being a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it Yo, was maybe something about the you know thinking about like an, an athlete host, you know, someone with not a lot of acting experience. I felt like the way it was edited together or the way that Travis kind of sold that follow-up line, I, that should have been like my biggest laugh in the sketch for me. And personally, I, I feel like that was a moment that um, could have been done a little better. That's my, that's my one note about the sketch, but uh, I'm curious to see, see if you guys differ on that. Yeah, I, I love, oh, well, first let me shout out my homegirl, Myra Witty. She's one of the funniest improvisers in the world. She's in the chat. What's up, Myra? Hey, but um, yeah, man, I think uh, that moment was very clutch for the whole thing. I think like him just, and, and the smoothness. I don't know if you've seen Creed 3, but like it's it's really cool to see like, I could see Travis Kelsey in a movie because of this sketch. He's got to play this guy. He doesn't have range as an actor, but to play the type of, you know, just just to like, but it's cool. Like, to not overplay that line. Like, let the moment be real. Let it suck the air because you need moments like that in good comedy where the room goes dead and it's a real reaction um, to to a dramatic thing, like something sad. But it's so cool that they cared about his dad enough for it to suck the energy out. They don't know this guy or his dad. And him saying that line was enough to make you believe or feel that tension. And then for him to break you with, but it's all good. You know, like that's, that's a real man, like straight male. It's not healthy. I'm not proud, but I've done a lot of those things that were in that sketch, man. My wife, when we were dating, told me she just walked in. She's in the you erased her? Uh, yeah, she knows she, I, well, I, I dust, I dust her ass. Let her try me. I would dust my wife. But no, she said she was going to Atlanta. We only went on two dates. And I was like, you know, have fun. You know, and I think she thought I should have told her to, I just, I, it was a second date. I wasn't going to tell her not to go to Atlanta. Another friend go to Vietnam. And I was like, all right. Like, I don't know if I said hit me when you get back. But I was happy for her. I didn't know that I should 
and maybe fought for him. <laughs> and he was a he was a, a, a he was a my gay friend, or not my gay friend. He's one of my gay friends. He's gay. I don't know. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know that he felt some way about that. Um, this guy named Lan Quan, super cool, funny guy. Uh, we go to acting class together. But he was telling me in a sad way, and I was like. I didn't think of it as sad. I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, there's WhatsApp. There's Zoom. Well, there wasn't Zoom at the time. But, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I love this guy because I'm this guy. Okay. Emotionally unavailable. For sure. Zoe, I'd love to get your opinion on if, like, what you felt about that particular line that they were debating about, whether it was good to have the uncomfortableness of him bringing up the dad dying. I feel like it was like the most important line in the sketch. It really like brought it home that that's exactly how men can be. It's like your dad died, but oh, it's fine. Like, don't worry about me. That I feel like that is true about the men I know. But then again, on the women I know, we'll be talking about our dead dads forever. <laughs> well, let me let me let me just clarify clarify my maybe my take. Is that I 100% agree that this was needed in this pre-tape, like that. This is like the dramatic. That's not what beat. you said. Well, no. Then, then I then let me. Like I said, let me clarify. I think you need this beat, but I think the execution for me, this should have been like the biggest belly laugh I got. But instead, I was still like caught up in that moment of like the dead air, awkward silence, and I think the the line delivery afterwards with the edit or whatever didn't give me that big like like relief, like that big laugh. That I was kind of expecting. It was kind of just I was still in that in that zone, and maybe that was just me. Maybe that's just when I watched it. But that was maybe you know my the, when I really like focus in on it. That's kind of you know how I felt about it. Let me just say qu quickly, uh, Sammy, that uh, I think that maybe it would have been better for you just from knowing you and and knowing you know watching the sketch. I think perhaps if Travis says. Yeah, so my dad just died. And then he like, if in that immediacy after saying that line, he then turns to say something like a complete non sequitur about like, you know, playing a video game or doing something else that he's just like shows that he doesn't care like immediately. I think that probably hits harder for you. Whereas there was like a little bit of a break uh, in the reaction and they have to come back to it in another beat and be like, by the way, when I said that thing earlier, like I apologize for it. And I think it probably it, it like it's probably more real. Like it's probably that's like what would really happen but yeah. it doesn't have the same like comedy like punch that you're looking for yeah i think that's a good punch up for this particular beat and we're you know, really really dissecting it here on this on this round table <laughs> that's but, what we do uh, <laughs> but uh you know i i gotta i gotta keep it 100 so yeah the other thing I would say about this pre-tape that I think is interesting here is like this is I was talking with uh, intern Matt earlier in the day and like this is the type of pre-tape that really exemplifies what this cast is missing when we talked about like alphas potentially joining the cast and like what could be missing here is like there's nobody else in the cast that really could like play that role probably to be like that like full on like bro who's like doesn't you know like like big and muscly and stuff like that and like i just feel like we've had this debate a lot of times on the podcast about like you know if we need somebody on the cast that gives like a little bit more alpha energy and i felt like it really showed here in this sketch when you brought in a host like travis who brings alpha energy to these roles yeah sorry john i was just flexing a little bit i don't know if that's enough need some of this man meat in the <laughs> cast but I've been. No, I think, I think the, w, the WWE could use it, man. I don't, I don't know. 
I think I think John set me up. Yeah, come on, I'll at me, baby. I'm gonna put, put a content warning on this for an exposed nipple. If, you're, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're, you're listening on the audio, uh, you miss some good stuff happening here on YouTube. All right, yeah. let's let's get anyone else got anything on this, or are we good to keep going? All right, let's head over to the next sketch that we would like to talk about. And Sammy, I'm gonna head it over to you. Okay, we're gonna talk about the family meeting sketch, which is the sketch that starred uh, James Austin Johnson as an ego as uh, two parents who have brought their kids together. You know, they all flown, flown in because of an emergency meeting they have to have, and they, they prepare a song to talk about how um, they're now um, <laughs> having uh, a third person kind of join the relationship to sleep with Ego's character, and, and JJ watches from the corner, and they have a whole song about it. And uh, I just thought this was like a really fun pairing between Ego and JJ, something I'm not sure we've necessarily seen before. Also, you know, we've heard Ego sing on the show before, but, you know, I know JJ had like a pretty viral clip go around, like when he was on Fallon or something a couple months ago when he was doing, um, who, who was it? It was uh, uh, Bob Dylan. Uh, he was doing like a Bob Dylan impression. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. so uh, you know, he's kind of channeling Michael McDonald in this sketch. Um, and, you know, he kind of does a great Michael McDonald singing impression. And, I, th- I think just like the whole conceit of uh, the sketch is just really funny to kind of, you know, have your adult children come in to, you know, hear about the serious news and juxtapose it with this like very silly song and just a silly um, <laughs> just idea that this guy Sucre played by uh, Travis Kelsey is um, <laughs> is now sleeping with the, the matriarch uh, or the, the mother in this family. So uh I don't know. I, I, I found uh, a, a lot of different uh, elements of the sketch really worked. I thought the explanation of how all the kids were kind of conceived was just so like out of nowhere and very funny. How for, for Devin, you know, Ago's on top. For Chloe, you know, JJ's on top. And for Marcelo, you know, they, they're on the side. Uh, that's how they were conceived. Uh, I don't know. I, I just really enjoyed the dynamic between JJ and Ego. Um, being able to see these two kind of bounce off of each other uh, was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the guitar solo was great. Just like o- overall, I found this for my money. You know, I was in between two sketches, but I found this to be um, the, the, the most successful live sketch for me, even though I felt that there were a couple times, um, you know, where Travis, you know, kind of flubbed his lines a little bit. Um, but again, you know, uh, for someone with not a ton of acting experience, uh, you know, it, yeah, well, we'll give him a pass cause I, I don't think it derailed the sketch. Um, but, uh, no, overall, I really enjoyed this one. Zoe, I would love to get your thoughts on this one, the family meeting sketch. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I think it was fun to see JJ in another character and not, um, like doing an impression. And I thought it was fun to see him paired up with Ego. That's a pairing I would have never expected. Um, and they had good chemistry and the song was fun. I just, as soon as I saw them standing up in the living room, I knew exactly where the sketch was going. I was like, yeah, and there's going to be Travis Kelsey sitting there and they're in a throuple and I just knew where it was going. So I feel like that kind of took it away from me. I don't know if I'm some sort of psychic, but I was like, it's not funny because I know the joke already. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, I mean, that is, uh, you know, that is something that could obviously cause a problem is like when you see the joke ahead of it getting there, um, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, Zoe, I felt like on Saturday night, the thing that was my biggest problem with this sketch was I felt like the character that Travis was playing, there wasn't really much for him to do. And the entire first half of the show, Travis Kelsey, for me, was like carrying all the sketches on his back because he was just such a strong presence but here they sort of flipped it where he's just playing like nothing right he's just there to just sort of like be the guy who's like oh why are you with this guy um so i I felt like you know if they would have brought more to travis do you think you also would have enjoyed this more probably probably like i as soon as i noticed he wasn't on screen i was like i don't know what's going to be happening and it i feel like if everyone else like chloe and um Devin had more to say than like just ask questions to the crazy things that were happening, then I feel like maybe it would have done more for me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Sean would love to get your thoughts on this sketch. You know, it, like I think he was a little, uh, I won't say un- bored or underused, but that might have been why he, I think he even spelled his name wrong. Not that I know how Sucre is supposed to be spelled, <laughs> but I think he rushed through that line and, and missed some letters or something like that. And then he met, flipped another line. But honestly, let me say something, man. I feel like this was Devin's best sketch that I've seen him in because he seemed emotionally involved in that he wasn't looking for the teleprompter, it seemed. I think some of them, he comes in looking for that. That's, I mean, I ain't trying to hate on the brother. That sounds like a slight of a of a compliment but it was compliment because he was very engaged in this sketch uh it seemed like emotionally like his character had some emotional drive uh so i really enjoyed watching that and just the idea that songs might make bad news um easier uh, to take is a funny concept had the bad news escalated um the bad news was pretty much the same bad news she's having sex with this dude and there's really no uh, other way to go. Oh, and the, and the money. I don't remember the, how the money was set up. If if it was set up um, earlier, maybe that would have made that line hit harder if that's what we thought it was about. Uh, and then, but that still didn't seem to escalate like the the thing. Like, but the game, the idea that a beautiful song can make bad news funnier has uh, probably been played before, but it can probably uh, could have been you know, done differently here. I enjoyed it though. I liked it. Sometimes that's enough for me. And I watch from the corner. That's it. That's all I need. That was good enough for me. For sure. I mean, I definitely think that is a crazy take that this is Devin's best sketch, Sean. Oh, that season. I've seen, that I've seen, that I've seen. I'm sorry. I, okay. I, I, I missed a lot of stuff. My bad. Definitely in the show. Yeah. I don't know. I saw him. Yeah. I think um, in American Girl, he kind of, my man, I love dude, but when he come out looking for that teleprompter like he owe him money, he come out like, <laughs> look at, like he's not looking at the other actors sometimes. I think yeah. it's uh, a little interesting and funny. Uh, but you know what, man? Um, yeah, he, I, I thought he was great in this. That's that's all I'm talking about, man. Damn. Yeah, I, I, I would say, no, no, no problem. <laughs> I would just say, I, I think his best sketch this season was the HIV commercial from the Aubrey Plaza episode earlier yeah. uh, this season. That you know, was... Yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. This uh. fact, there be mag straight girls at the gay clubs, and they be ready, and that's where I come in. Yeah, uh, he was great in that one. So you have to go back and check that one out, Sean. But uh, oh, and he was good as the rapper on the on the desk piece too. He was great as the rapper. 
Well, let's talk oh, yeah. about sketch. I guess that's not a sketch. That's a, no, no, but it's, but it's fair. I think I think if you notice something here with the with the kids, I think that's fair, and I probably have to focus on that. But I would say, like uh, on Saturday, so this sketch won the award for John's like least favorite of the night that like jumped up tremendously on second watch. Like it wasn't my least favorite sketch of the night to clarify, but like on Saturday, I didn't care for it as much, and I watched it a second time, and I like absolutely uh, loved what JJ went ego were bringing to this way more than I thought. I just thought they were having so much fun and they were so dynamic in the way that they were performing this. Um, especially ego who I think like underrated was really, really great in this one. I think, um, I want to give credit to whoever brought this. Oh yeah. John, John in the chat who brought this up, who said, uh, this, the money's all gone now. <laughs> when they were talking about like, do you still have our, our, our trust funds? Um, ego and JJ were, were great. And, we did find out on Saturday that in dress rehearsal, there was like a little bit more of a runner of this where we actually had JJ's character appear on update at one point singing watch from the corner. So uh, like I watch from the corner. He actually oh, wow. walks on update and, and sings that at one point, um, which would have been fantastic because in Sammy in dress rehearsal, this aired before we can before update. we can update. So, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's so, then, so interesting. Yeah. Then there was a cut joke on update where they were talking about, I believe it was like different planets that they had. Uh, they kissed each other, the planets. And then uh, he came on and he was like, Mars watched from the corner. Like he did wow. that. So, that that, yeah. that would have been uh, really cool. I feel like, you know, especially after last week with you know, the, the, the runner that they tried to do with Woody and the, the five timers jacket. Like I would love for the show to kind of experiment with that more like in this era so uh, a bit disappointing that didn't happen but you know yeah yeah for sure um but yeah overall i think this was this was fun obviously uh this one had been previously cut from the pedro pascal episode and then they retooled it and brought it back for this so um yeah, it wasn't my my favorite for the night, but I do get uh, why you chose it, Sammy. And I'm happy that we got to talk about it a little bit because I really was watching this and I was like, oh, okay, I did not give enough credit. Like they did, they did a pretty good job. So uh, overall, uh, solid stuff. Probably, I'd say probably my favorite thing from the second half of the show, but I think uh, Zoe might feel differently. And I'm going to give her an opportunity to tell us the sketch that she wants to talk about and why it was so great to her. Yeah, so I want to talk about the hinge match sketch. And this is a sketch that I could feel how dumb it was. And I could feel how stupid it was. But for some reason, it was making me laugh. So the sketch opens with Heidi and Travis in bed. Um, and Heidi confesses to Travis that she stood up a hinge date to be with him. And then Bowen breaks into the room. Um, you have no idea who Bowen is, but it turns out he's Garrett from Hinge and then chaos continues to ensue. What really got me was when um, he went to the bathroom to give himself a pep talk and was like, Garrett, you can't kill them. And then it just continued and then he had poison. So I thought, I don't know, it felt similar to the Pedro Pascal sketch where he had amnesia, just like the similar, like dumb for no reason vibes. And maybe I just think Bowen is hilarious, but it, it really made me laugh. I, I agree that Bowen is hilarious. And I think like all of the stuff that uh, he was doing where he's like, you cannot kill them. And then, um, Garrett, I know this is hard, but you cannot kill them. By the way, I don't know if you could hear in that clip that I just pulled, but I noticed something today when I was pulling the clips. There's like an R&B track that's going behind him when he's in the mirror. That's like, Garrett, Garrett. I'll play it one more time. Just Garrett, I know this is hard, but you cannot kill them. 
It's so weird. Uh, John, I, really I had scenario. the when I was watching that earlier today, I had to like pause the sketch multiple times to be like, is something else playing on my computer, like in like a different window? Like it just like was not like cohesive at all. And then I was like, oh, this is still part of the sketch. I was very confused. Very weird. I did not notice that on Saturday. I only noticed that today. But I have to say, Zoe, I agree with you. Bowen was, you know, pretty great, especially in those parts. But everything else felt like a completely different sketch. Like I didn't, I, I felt like this whole interaction between the, you know, the couple and, and him was like one thing, which was like, he wants to be there and why is he there? And then the other thing was like, why does he want to kill them? And that was, that was like really fun for me. Sean, what did you think of the sketch? Oh, I loved it. I mean, yeah, it was the first time uh, I got to enjoy Bowen as a as a creep that I can remember. Um, I think you would have did a better job, John. But I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I was a creepy murderer guy. But no, he was Thank very you. convincing. <laughs> no, I loved it. I loved his uh, yeah that mirror stuff. Uh, that was really good. I loved because uh, for me, I love when comedy seems to have layers. To me, the the, the peel back layer is. That first of all, he thinks it would be so easy to kill Travis Kelsey. So the first time he says it is so funny, just for that extra reason. Not just the the line itself is funny, but then also that it's Travis Kelsey, uh, and also that they're fully clothed in bed, which is funny. Uh, I think she even had like a, a thing over the shirt too. That's also Sean. They're not like you. They're not taking their tops off. Right. <laughs> no, but I mean, she had like a a, a flannel over uh, another shirt. I think. Uh, which made it, I'm like, they have extra layers on in bed, which is super funny. And then that he's going to, how do you kill somebody with the point? You have to, you have to convince them to drink the poison. <laughs> you have to say, so that's the only way he could have killed him. And he thinks it would be so easy to kill somebody by telling them to drink <laughs> this per poison in a perfume bottle. Um, but yeah, man, I thought it was really funny. I just, uh, I kept laughing throughout. I didn't, um. You know, uh, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I was, it was fine. But it's also another way to, that, that we use Travis Kelsey as man meat. He's a cuckold in the sketch we just talked about before that. Uh, or he's, I don't know if he's the cuckold or if he's a cuckolder or whatever it is. But now he's similar, kind of a cuckold, cuckolder in this one, a, a guy that women would rather be with. And then uh, the sketch I picked, he's just a jock male friend. So yeah, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a way that we use him. It's smart to use him that way, but it still felt different. It still didn't feel like the other characters. And he had another compassion for Bowen, uh, another compassionate moment. I'm sorry for Bowen where he, you know, come on, get in here or whatever it was, uh, that they buttoned it with. So it was fun. Yeah, I mean, that that to me was like also kind of weird, which is like, uh, first, let me say about the poison, like, it just sort of looked like kryptonite, like I thought that was like, <laughs> just, <laughs> that was odd. Um, but I sort of just felt like they, there was an opportunity here for them to do something really good. And I felt like, uh, I don't want to give miscredit, but I, I do know, please don't destroy had a hand in this. And I feel like they would typically based on I know what their writing is kind of like I feel like they must have had something to do with this guy like sort of being a, like a murderer and I just sort of wish that um he acted upon it like I think that there was something to this to the couple like finding out he wants to kill them and perhaps like Travis like beats him down or something like that like I just it, it's like I just needed like more of a story here like a beginning middle and end that that made sense to me because if you're not going to do that then it has to be like really like junk food like base level just funny and I felt like they were going for two stories that were like going in opposite directions but Sammy let me you know help me make sense of this maybe you saw something I didn't I I don't think I did <laughs> I, I cannot help you there 
Um, yeah, no, I kind of agree. That was probably like also my issue with the sketches. Like, you know, I, I thought it was like a cool, like kind of like directorial choice to like, you know, kind of go to like another like set or inside of, you know, our existing set. I don't know exactly how they did it and have like those mirror shots of Bowen and like being like, you know, very, um, you know, dr- dramatic with the music and everything like that. But it totally, for me, didn't gel with everything else that was going on, which a lot of times, you know, that contrast could, you know, yield, you know, jokes and, and yield laughs and whatever. But for me, it didn't necessarily do that. Um, you know, Bone just kept saying he was Garrett from Hinge, Garrett from Hinge. It was almost like he was attempting to like make that name stick in your head so that, you know, that maybe this becomes like a recurring character or something like that, like Garrett from Hinge with another like Hinge date or something like that. I don't know. Um, the whole thing with the Stewie Griffin shirt, I think was probably like what worked the most for me in the sketch. Cause that's something you actually get payoff to where, you know, you first start and you see the shirt and he's like kind of posing like Stewie on the shirt. And then he actually does like a Stewie Griffin impression. Like that's like, you know, a beginning, middle and end of like that particular bit. But like, otherwise, you know, I, I just kind of had a lot of questions because if this was actually like the person that like she was supposed to have a date with, like it's, I feel like you almost have to like play more into that idea of like how she's going from like having a date with this guy, Garrett from hinge and then going to someone like Travis Kelsey. Like there's like a missing component there um, that I feel like would have made things make a little more sense. Um, but yeah, probably, you know, one of my low points for the night personally. Well, let me ask, like, do you think it's possible they were trying to make Garrett from hinge, another Lisa from Temecula? where it was like, let's find a character for Bowen that maybe if we get him to say like a couple of weird things that, you know, it could be, you know, put on t-shirts and popularized. And and for what it's worth, I think I'm higher on Lisa from Temecula than a lot of our community and listeners. I think there were aspects of that that worked. But I wonder if like the uh, Lisa from Temecula and the popularity of that character in the last few weeks, perhaps, uh, wore like um, bore you know them trying to create other characters like that. Well, I loved that sketch, and like I, I felt like oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, I, I I really enjoyed Lisa from Temecula, and it just like as a a concept, even though it kind of took this like one note sort of idea of just like the table shaking over and over again, like. I just thought that was like executed well versus like the actual idea of this sketch is like, you know, Heidi sits like, like Bowen stood up and then he like somehow breaks into their house and he wants to kill them, but he doesn't kill them. But he really just wants to like be a part of this like thruple situation. Like it, it didn't really track. Like I, I didn't, I, you know, I just didn't get it again. And, there, and you know, there are some funny lines like, like Bowen, like saying like, you know, that Travis was like, a Hemsworth brother that he didn't know about. Like, I thought that was like very funny. Um, just like a good line, but like the actual like interactions between Bowen and Heidi and Travis, like, I don't know, something about it just didn't mesh together for me. It almost felt like a scene out of like Tommy was, was the room, like with how like kind of awkward it was, but I feel like that awkwardness wasn't yielding like laughs. It was kind of just like they were, they they were just trying to navigate through the scene and you know get to the end of the sketch and and move on like it didn't feel like you know for for me um you know that it all kind of came together 
maybe it would have been fun. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, John. What do you think about like if he, <laughs> like you say, like he makes a move to try to kill him since we put it on the table. He tries to kill Travis Kelsey. He effortlessly, I don't know, pushes him, backhands him, or whatever, and screams. And then he tries to make he just like drink this. <laughs> like I don't know, something about that would button it for me. Like if he's like, yeah, for sure. That, but he's like this, the worst serial killer ever. Like because he can't get anybody to drink this poison for whatever reason. I, I don't know like because like he's like it'd be so easy he's setting it up for you to see like why do you think it would be so easy to kill these people but i think it was funny anyway but without saying maybe that would have been clumsy because there was a lot of hats in here a lot of lateral moves the stewie griffin was like a lateral move it didn't seem to escalate the any game or any pattern that was already established uh but it was uh, you know it was fun to watch bowen like that and like I said, I only need one or two things, man. When he hit that mirror and said that line, uh, you know, just try not to kill him. Good enough for me. Liked it. And, and one more thing to add if we're just trying to, like, I guess, punch this up a little bit. But, you know, they, there's an idea in this sketch that he keeps saying, like, I'm Garrett from Hinge. I'm Garrett from Hinge. And Heidi's like, do you work for Hinge or something like that? Like, you know, I'm not always a fan of, like, when they just make this, like, a commercial for Hinge. And I don't really know how you would make this interaction a commercial from Hinge. But if the twist was he was somehow actually somebody that was like uh, like an ambassador for Hinge or something like that, you know, they'd have to, you know, do a couple other things in there to like get there. But then I'd kind of understand more like why he keeps saying I'm Garrett from Hinge, I'm Garrett from Hinge sort of thing. Or if it was like a commercial for Bumble and then it was like, uh, don't use Hinge. Oh, okay. Nope, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, we, we got go. something. We Nailed got something. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, Zoe, Come do you want to rookie? Come yeah, on, there you go, there you go. <laughs> uh, Zoe, do you, do you want any last word on this sketch? Because I know we were sort of like ripping it apart over the last 10 minutes, but it oh, is the sketch no. that you chose. Yeah, I didn't say I thought it was good. I just thought just it was one <laughs> that I yeah. wanted to talk about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's fair. So I uh, appreciate uh, you wanting to touch uh, touch that up a little bit as well, because I love the idea of the Bumble thing. So that's great. Okay, let's talk about the sketch that I want to talk about. And I was really surprised that the panel left me the sketch to talk about, because I thought this was a amazing sketch to start off the night, which was American Girl Cafe. So right after the monologue, we get to see Travis Kelsey there as what Sean loves to call anybody a creep. Uh, full-on creep mode with the dolls where we see first we see sarah sherman with her daughter and then it's like hey travis like or what, what was his name in this uh we have his name in this one was uh oh he didn't have a name okay uh, i guess that was for a good uh, good reason but uh you know he's with the two dolls and then mikey day comes over asks some questions and trying to figure out uh why he's there i thought mikey in this was really strong and are you allowed within a thousand feet of a school just like a little bit nervous about everything. And then we start to see Travis's interactions with the dolls, where he's kind of getting a little bit weird. Isabel just had her period, and she thinks she's a woman now. And I just love this because I really felt like Travis, previously in the monologues, totally endeared himself to us. And then he was playing this, like, pretty big weirdo and uh you know then it ends up escalating to the point where we get a security guard out there and then at some point uh he brings a doll over to keenan thompson's table who is there with his kid and the bring the brings it all over and for me this is like the line of the night which was uh this let the flirting begin <laughs> don't worry she's on the pill and 
saw. I laughed so hard when I heard that. And you know what was so great about that particular line is that the the pause between the let the flirting begin and the don't worry, she's on the pill. It was like something you get from like a seasoned performer. So the reason that I love this sketch in itself, which wasn't like the most brilliant sketch in the world, but it was like weird and funny i felt like travis could have been like an actor that had like been in oscar winning movies like that's how you know good that he i felt like he transformed himself and i felt like this was something that you just like wouldn't typically see at this point of the night so for all of these viewers that were coming in to watch the show who love sports and were like uh i guess i'll check out travis kelsey on snl they were like kind of amazed at what they were seeing probably from this first sketch so i think this was a complete home run and for me my top moment of the night sean what did you think of it i won't lie i think it scared me as the first sketch uh first live sketch because i was like what are they gonna do to him like you know because i you assume they're gonna use the man meat stuff which they did end up doing but yeah when i see it overall as a body of work i'm like that was really cool and clever to to start off that way, to give him something that showed his range. And I think he executed it really good, really well. I didn't uh, know what American Girl Cafe was. I didn't know it was a real thing, which kind of probably messes up some of that joke for me initially. Um, to not know that it's a real thing, that the that you take your child out with their doll and you order food. Uh, is that in LA? I've never heard it. I don't know if it's a regional thing or what. Aren't you the one in Cal? Oh, you're saying like, is it not in California? Yeah, is it not? I don't think it's in LA. Uh, uh, I've never heard of it. I think there might have been one at the Grove at, at some point. I, I could be making that up, but I, I, I mean, it is like a oh. like a national thing. Like I know there's one in oh, Chicago. Okay. Like I don't know. There's where an the American Girl store in Rockefeller Plaza. In New York. Okay. Okay. And then the idea. All right. So yeah, I, I see all these questions ruined the the idea of the joke. Uh, I don't know if the, but yeah, I guess they don't have an. It's like a Chuck E. Cheese or something where it would be the same concept if a grown man was just sitting in Chuck E. Cheese watching the kids or something. So yeah, he was very. It's. I wasn't convinced of him being a creep, which is a good thing because it's a comedy show. It's hard to. It's fun that you're trying to convince me that this really cool dude is a creeper. Um, you know, uh, but can so I just say, Sean, I think that's what makes this sketch so good is because yeah. it's never he's never exposed as like a predator. I think right. it's like, you know, we don't know after watching this sketch if he is a creep or he's just like an adult that loves to play with dolls. And it's the mystery of it all that I think makes, you know, adds to the brilliance here of it, because I think if he was just a creep, then it's not believable that Travis Kelsey's character like would be able yeah. to probably pull that off. Like you need to have like an Andrew Dismukes probably play that character. But I think yeah. Travis Kelsey can pull this off because he's not exposed as being the creep that they're potentially making him out to be. Right. And I think the the joke is also he thinks the dolls are real girls, uh, like a Pinocchio situation. So like he's like, oh, that's why that's why those things. It's not that he's a creep. It's that these these dolls are real. These are his daughters. Uh, so really, there's no way to button it except for how they did. Because um, I'm like, well, how do you button this unless he is a creep? Unless it's the reveal is that he knows that they're not real, or he's a he's a crazy man, or he, he's creepy. But the button is that this lady. I don't think they played on that enough. I'm sorry, John. You seem to really love this sketch, so I don't want to. I feel like I'm attacking you. <laughs> no, no. This is what we do here. We fight for the sketches we like. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, did John write this? He ghostwriters. Uh, but no, it was it was fun. I, I thought it was fun. Uh, I think they could have set up that character that they did um, go to for the button 
uh, as somebody that kept getting maybe that line one more time could have paid it off from Devin a little harder. You know, once we we get that misdirection at the end, but really that was the only way to button it. You know, because you can't do anything with his actual character um, unless you reveal him as something he you you know as a creep or whatever. For sure, Zoe, I would love to get your thoughts on the sketch and what you saw. Yeah, I thought it was a crazy way to start the night. Um, I feel like I was betrayed by Travis. He had just won me over in his monologue. And then I see him in an American door, girl doll store. And I was like, this is not <laughs> this is not going to go anywhere except for him maybe being a predator. Um, and that's <laughs> where it went. Um, I thought it was funny. I thought um, Keenan, his part of it was hilarious. And I thought like the ending, I guess it was the only way you could end that without I feel like it would have been too dark if he actually was a creep so I don't know I feel like it was it was I thought it was crazy I would have expected it way after um if we can update but but it was fun yeah because like Sammy I totally expected this night to start off and then like right after we'd open on like some video uh so some game show where like it's like uh you know athlete or not athlete or like some like weird stuff like that where like Travis Kelsey's playing the third contestant and instead like it opens up with this like shot and then it's like hey like are you expecting anybody else and he's like nope gang's all here like gang's all here and it's like i just felt like this was something more of the uh like season 30s era like the era that you and i love where it was like we just didn't know what to expect from a host in a given night and like where this the cast would fit into that and i felt like i it's hard for me to place what host this reminded me of from that era but i really felt like this is something we wouldn't typically see nowadays which is this type of sketch for this type of host at this point in the evening so what did you think yeah, I really enjoyed the sketch. I think it was Travis's best performance of the night, and I thought it was just a cool like production. And like from a like a producer standpoint, being like, we're gonna start off the night with a sketch that is totally like based around Travis playing a character that is like the complete opposite of like the persona that fans of the Chiefs or you know sports fans are kind of tuning in, and they see him in this like pink suit, like surrounded by dolls. Like I think that's just like a great choice, and even though it's an atypical choice to do that. Like I, you know, sometimes like the show, you know, catches you off guard and and it doesn't work for me. Like I immediately kind of, you know, I I like kind of leaned in. I'm like, okay, like let's, let's see like what we have going here. Um, You know, as far as like the, the creep factor, I I think that's like the thing that it really makes a sketch work is that, yeah, I mean, you never see him doing anything that like crosses, I guess the line of being like a real creep besides the fact that he's in a pink suit like playing with these dolls, which which is creepy, but like he chooses to like have his voice kind of sound like this suave guy, and he's not like you know putting on a like a kind of a nerdy or kind of weirdo sort of voice. He's kind of just like playing it completely straight and confident and smooth. But you have this contrast of like just the fact that he's in like an American Girl doll store. So um, I, I found like as like an actor like having him like make those choices was like really cool. And I think that's what really made this sketch sore for me. Um, I, I liked how they, you know, kept bringing in different characters. Like I, obviously we start off with the Mikey character and then Heidi is the, the manager. Um, and then Sarah's, yeah, I, I felt like the, one of the uh, best parts for me was kind of Sarah's reaction to him saying like, you know, your daughter doesn't need the calories. Like, like that was like so mean and like, 
also like whenever snl has like child actors and sketches like that and they're like around like these like kind of like you know inappropriate or, or mean stuff i'm like you know that's like it kind of adds like an extra thrill factor it's like oh wow like they're they're really like pushing some sort of line so um you know i i, I thought this like really worked and you know as far as like a, a creep factor goes he, he never goes to like uncle roy territory from like the original you know first five years of snl so you know i think that's for the better may, may we never see that again yes yes <laughs> but you know and, and and just to john it was it was good i liked it First of all, but no, I like what I liked on the third watch, third or fourth watch. What I loved about it was um, that it had depth, like that there's something about this guy. That line gave me a little indication that maybe this guy's some sort of like, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, it was, he's a really superficial guy, right? Like, and I don't know that he, this is too weird. This is crazy that he turned his real daughters into dolls to preserve their real whatever. what <laughs> this is this is why i go with schedule like what's the the pre-story like why does he think these are real girls are they real girls maybe they're real girls that he actually that's his idea of a perfect little girl she has to be a doll that doesn't gain weight that doesn't have anything wrong with her and that is Wait, i think that it? changes the whole sketch though because then the whole like don't oh, worry they're on they're on so the you lack thing. depth you lack depth that's your no, problem. I, no, I, I liked I liked it the way they did it. I think uh, there's there's no, no need to saying, give it the pre-story, but it's there. You don't know, like why? Then what does that line mean? That line means something. He's it says something about his character. He he thinks something about little girls that they need to look a certain way. Um, I don't know. That that makes it more creepy then. Like, or do, if you just use that as a throwaway, that line means nothing. Then I'm like, okay, whatever. But you I know. can buy the fact if you're like, hey, like in this particular character's history like maybe he had like a daughter who died and like now he's obsessed with dolls or something like that like that i could believe like a pageant more. dad like a pageant like a okay yeah know? sure as opposed to like he turned his daughters into dolls like i like that. that i like that that's yeah that's real creepy that's crazy now how do we incorporate megan into the sketch like i feel like there's like <laughs> oh, yeah, some yeah. synergy here we can yeah. we can really grow up and then she kills everybody kills Devin, that security yeah. guard yeah, so, no, any of these but, ideas uh, hit for you? You like any of them? Yeah, I like it. Maybe he's like a wizard, and then it, like pans to like Chloe and like like Heidi, just like sitting there, like stiff, and like, they've been real the whole time or something. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Yeah, we got some here, but uh, yeah, no, I love uh, I, I love this sketch, and I'm glad I got to fight for it. But uh, let's talk about anything else from the night that we want to make sure. Yeah, that shame we talk on you. About. You think I'm yeah. not going to talk about my boy Mikey Longfellow, baby? First of all, hair I wouldn't and makeup. expect anything less, John. Come Go on, ahead, man. First of all, hair and makeup needs the MVP. I don't give a damn what anybody says because one, I forgot what um what what his hair looked like after the second. I was like, what's his real hair? Because that that debutante guy and the other people, I'm like, damn, they good. But then with that, oh, wait, skin, wait, Sean, I think I think he said that uh, this. My hair is entirely skin, and it has been the great tragedy of my life. Right, right, right. Sure Mikey, I, there. I was talking about Kelsey, but yeah, hell yeah, no, we gotta. But first of all, Mikey, to stand in the pocket, knowing that memo line was not gonna work, right? He knew that line wasn't gonna hit. Nobody watches Dilbert. Or nobody watched the cartoon and nobody reads the, the, the comic strip anymore. So he still hit that memo line with as much precision as you can hit that line with. And sat in it and let it hit and let it fail. And then went into the, the what we want to hear, which is the Dilbert guy 
like releasing himself as a person and killed it. Okay, Mikey, you're a killer. Great fucking desk piece is Dilbert. Uh, he can play these unlikable characters and still rip it, man. Um, not that Dilbert's unlikable. It's his creator that we that that people don't like. But anyway, thought Mikey was great. And I enjoyed the, the punky one, the punky desk piece, too, because I don't know actors like that, man. That, like, And so that was that hit home for me. I'm like, wow, that's so fun. And, and as I think it was John... Uh, Hyman in the uh, comments said that, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. It was, um, uh, wait, wait, wait. She said uh, it was late, late nightest, late nightest uh, that said that, you know, we like to see the curtain pulled back a little bit. Um, so that was fun to watch Punky and Mikey do that. Absolutely. Um, and now here's a, a typical segment we do on our Monday roundtables was, uh, did Sean text Michael Longfellow? Oh, <laughs> no, but you know what? I, I did, uh, I think he liked something a couple weeks ago. I forget what it was. Like Whoa. a story. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I'd be liking his stories a lot, so he'd be liking it. Sometimes he, or maybe he just saw it. Maybe you know he saw So I can screenshot that. I don't know if I can screenshot that he looked at my story. That's Patreon content. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I agree, by the way, about uh, Michael Longfellow. Uh, great job. And Punky, I told a story on Saturday night about Punky, how I saw her this summer, and this is, this is who she is. So uh, so glad that you got to put that on the show. Uh, Zoe, what about you? Uh, either, you know, do you want to touch on any of that? Or was there anything else from the evening that you want to make sure we talk about? Yeah, I just thought that um, Punky and Mikey Day were so cute. I was like, so happy and delighted to see them. This was like the first episode I really cared about Mikey Day. And it was probably just because of that update piece. <laughs> I'll also say, uh, John in the chat says, Punky is there for everyone who looked at Brendan Gleeson being announced as a host a few months back and said who. And I could tell you verbatim that is what Punky said because I spoke to her around that time. So, <laughs> um, But uh, that's that's very funny, uh, John. But yes, I totally agree, Zoe. I, I'm really happy that we got to see uh, that duo together. And I did ask our audience, I said, like, you know, because Mikey and Punky together, like, I just like, don't think of them as a duo, right? Like, I don't know when we would have seen them on the show together. So I said, like, is there any like really fun, unexpected duo that you'd like to see on the show together? And I'd love to ask the panel, like go around and say, like, is there a duo that you would like to see together on the show that maybe we haven't seen? Sammy, you got anybody? I do. Um, I want to see in a live sketch, Longfellow, Mikey Longs and Sarah Sherman as some sort of you know couple or friends or something like that, I feel like when I like think of those two and their personas as cast members together, I think about like the dynamic that like Bill Murray and Gilda Radner had on the show together, like in sketches like the Nerds. Like I feel like I'm not saying they can they're going to do something like that, but I feel like they both kind of fit into those archetypes, and I think that can kind of uh, make for some fun uh, you know sketches, preferably in a live sketch. Zoe, what do you think? Got any couples or duos that you'd like to see together? Well, I really want to see more of Molly. So I feel like maybe pair Molly with Andrew. They were both shut out this week. I feel like they could be funny. I like see them in high school walking down the hall together, like talking about theater stuff. I am the head canon, so I think they would be a good pair. For sure. Sean, what about you? Any duos you want to see together? Mikey Longfellow on a date with Lisa from Temecula. That's what I want. All right. Yeah, Damn that'd be right. fun with uh, I'd with watch Mikey that and Ego uh, <laughs> together. I did ask um, the audience, and they we got a ton of different answers for this one. So 
um, Chloe and JJ, Marcelo and Molly, uh, Sarah and Andrew. That would be one I would pick. I'd like to see Sarah and Andrew together. I want to see like what that dynamic would be like. Um, Andrew and Molly. So uh, there are some fun dynamics that I think are still to come on the show. I know a few weeks back we saw JJ with Andrew together and everybody was really high on that. So I think uh, high potential just to mix it up every now and then when you have a cast, uh, even of this size, like it's still a pretty large cast. I think it's always fun to mix things in because there's people we still haven't seen get to work together. Sammy, let me head over to you for anything else from the evening that you want to touch on. Um, I think, you know, the self-defense, please don't destroy peace. Um, you know, I, I didn't choose that because I feel like I've, you know, spent a lot of time on the show talking about past please don't destroy sketches. But I feel like between this and the stakeout last week, I feel like there's like a formula that they've kind of ironed out. And I'm not saying they have to do this every week, but I think, you know, having them start out in the office which I know there's been a lot of debate, like, do we like the in-office? Do we like the out-of-office? Like, what do we want to see out of these, um, you know, PDD shorts? But, you know, the formula of, like, starting out in the office in the world we know, you know, and then going outside of the world and having these three characters kind of lead that and interact meaningfully with our host for that week, I think that, like, really worked this week and really worked last week. So I'm not saying we need to see that every time we see a, a Please Don't Destroy short but i i really have liked these two and would like to see more in this vein um you know it's kind of shot traditionally you know like just like a regular old pre-tape not with those kind of fast cuts that we see with a pdd sketch uh but as soon as travis punches uh john we like kind of get that iconic sort of um visual language that we see in all the please don't destroy shorts um and it kind of just escalates from there and i, I just really enjoyed that yeah, I was going to say, like, my uh, my MVP for the night has to be this older uh, woman who was interacting with Please Don't Destroy here. Um, I did uh, reach out to them to find out the name of this uh, woman <laughs> who was, you know, hired as an extra. Her name is Marnie Hall, and she was fantastic in this one. Marnie. Loved it. Where yeah, I'm going to play a few of her lines because I just have to give credit to Marnie for this one. She stole the show. Nice try, bitch. <laughs> she said that that was really great and then it got very dark very quickly you want to play a game and then feeling lucky slick <laughs> what she said the feeling lucky, lucky slick was fantastic delivery like that was like it really like took the sketch to a whole nother level i mean you know let's let her host she could be the next next uh miss gail spellman Am I not crazy to say that like having an 80 year old woman in the cast would probably add something like I just I don't know I feel like if, if they're as well, good as Marnie Hall I feel like we got something there. Well you know a sketch that we haven't talked about and probably won't talk about but the too hot to handle sketch something that didn't work for me in that sketch is they say like some line about like why are you even here you're like so old and I'm like it did nothing to make Chloe look old in that sketch and like not stand out so if you had someone like uh was her name Marnie? You have Marnie in the Chloe role. I feel like that solves that whole problem. Yes. Yeah, so then we could have had uh, Marnie say this line. You are what you eat, so I guess I'm Rodney's ass. Yeah. And she would have killed it. She would have absolutely destroyed that line. She would have ate it up. Yeah. yeah speaking of destroyed, uh, Sean, did you like PDD this week? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a slapstick guy like that. You just start punching people. Uh, you know, I love it, man. So that was, that was fun. That was fun how, and like you said, the visual language, the quick cuts, boom, boom, boom. Um. Yeah, I I loved it, man. I, <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun and 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 a quick pace. So uh, yeah, I'm just a guy's guy. So you start punching and slapping, I'm with it. Awesome. So what about you? You like PDD this week? 
Yes, um, I feel like they're my little sons, and I'll love anything they do. So <laughs> happy to see them. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, I guess for me, I think we covered everything that I wanted to cover. I mean, the funeral sketch, I think itself was was pretty decent, um, had some good lines there, but nothing uh, too crazy. But I think we got to all the sketches that we wanted to really talk about tonight. So let's talk about the MVP for the week. And we asked you, the listener, to vote on your MVP for week number 14. And you gave us your answers on Twitter and in our Instagram story. So I'm going to go around to the panel and ask them for their top three mvp vote getters for the week who do you think won the poll who deserves it sean i'm starting with you all right you know what because um and it's crazy we didn't really talk about it tonight um but she was in a lot of sketches i think heidi was great um we didn't talk about that the x one where the they had that device putting tears out of her eyes but i love those extra games within a game to see that real reaction from that device, the water pouring out of her face. Um, and she was doing a lot, I think, Bowen. So I'm going to go, because I have to have Mikey in there. Mikey Longfellow, that's my boy. He's going to be in there somewhere. I'm going to go Heidi, Mikey Longfellow, Bowen. Okay. And uh, by the way, let me, I didn't even just read out some of the stats from this week, which we will get into more on by the numbers later in the week. But, um, you know, uh, Heidi was in a ton of stuff this week. Sarah and a ton of stuff, both in six sketches. Chloe in five sketches. So the women of SNL were in a lot this week. Ego in four. Bowen in four. Um, some really impactful work here. Travis Kelsey did nine sketches as well. So uh, Sean says Heidi and Mikey Longs and Bowen. Sammy, where are you going? I think I'm going to put Heidi at number one, Sarah at number two, and I think Travis did a great job. So I'm putting him at number three. Okay. Sean, you want to correct yourself? If, if Travis is number two, then that still counts. But uh, So I'll go Mikey Longfellow slash Travis and then Bowen. But anyway. That so. doesn't work. Could you give us your top three? I, I, All that's, right. that's a top four. That's a top four. All right. Fine. I'll leave mine. I'll leave mine. Okay. Zoe, who is your top three MVP vote getters for the week? I think Heidi, number one, for just being in so many sketches. Um, Sarah, we didn't talk about Sarah News, but I feel like everyone's going to love that. And then the Bowen, just because of the straight male sketch. Yeah, 100%. And then I, we also have to say when it comes to Heidi, I mean, she basically got Travis Kelsey to host SNL. Like this was her week, uh, having the time of her life by having him there. So uh, definitely great week for Heidi Gardner. So let's reveal the results right now. And our MVP results for week number 14, Travis Kelsey in first place with 33% of the vote. Yeah, then Heidi Gardner, 20% of the vote, second place. Bowen Yang in 13%. And then Sarah, 7%, fourth place. Mikey Longs in fifth place with 6%. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I think I basically won because I think, like I said, like Heidi and Bowen, are my, I, I was right. I, uh, yeah, mine's count. I think. Okay. All right. So uh, Travis, Heidi, Bowen, Sarah, and Michael Longfellow are our top five MVP vote getters for the week. So great job. All right, panel, let's head towards week number 15 of Saturday Night Live. We are heading towards the home stretch of the show. It's uh, crazy, you know, hard to believe. But uh, Jenna Ortega is going to be hosting Saturday Night Live next week. Uh, now is best known for Wednesday Addams, the show Wednesday on Netflix, which was completely viral through uh, December into January. 
one of the most streamed shows ever. Uh, Disney star previously also going to be in the new Scream movie. So she's all over the place. Um, there, she, I think she recently went viral for uh, her presenting an award with Aubrey Plaza a few weeks back, which is a really fun clip if you want to go check that out. But I think it's you know a very different host than Woody Harrelson, a very different host than Travis Kelsey. This time we're getting Jenna Ortega coming in, and I'm, I'm so excited about it. Zoe, are you excited to have Jenna Ortega host the show? I'm so excited. I feel like it's fun when you get a Gen Z host, someone who's young um, and someone who has so much excitement. And if she's anything like Audrey, Aubrey Plaza, um, it's going to be fun because I love that episode. And I watched all of Wednesday on Thanksgiving Day. I watched the entire thing. So I'm her fan. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was a really fun show. And there's a lot of fun like SNL connections to Wednesday as well. Uh, a previous Wednesday Adams, uh, Christina Ricci, who also appears in this version of Wednesday. Um, they, she was a previous host on the show. So um, yeah, this is, uh, it was a very, very fun show to get to talk about. And when I watched it, and now I'm excited to explore it even more when Jenna hosts SNL. Sean, are you a fan of Jenna Ortega? Are you excited to see her on the show? Uh, I don't know who she is, but I, I do know those shows. I don't watch them. Uh, so I'm excited uh, to to learn more about her and through the show. And maybe a lot of times the show gives me so much um, insight to a person or what I think about them through their comedy that I want to go back and watch their stuff. So hopefully that happens with Jenna. I go back and, you know, enjoy the rest of it. She was a Disney kid, right, or something like that? Yeah. I did a little research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd be excited to binge her. Uh, but she has to impress me on Saturday. We'll see. I think she will, because I think she has like an amazing deadpan delivery that could go really well with SNL sketches. Sammy, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm just super excited. I mean, you know, we talk about like the decisions that SNL, SNL has made this season on like their bookings. And, you know, John, me and you talked about this when the news was announced, but, you know, she's a huge star. And I think, you know, to get like a huge star, like right on the prep, like the precipice of just like really exploding. Cause she's like, she's exploding, but you know, she's going to be, you know, a huge star for the next, you know, foreseeable future, really just based on like the amount of work and projects she's doing and her popularity of Wednesday. So I think, you know, this will be like a, a pretty big episode, um, you know, for people wanting to tune in and see like what she's going to do on the show. Um, I'm really excited, you know, obviously, you know, she's 20 years old. So like, you know, to be that young and hosting SNL is a big accomplishment. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, the, the pressure is, is high, but I think she's going to, you know, it's going to make for a fun show. You know, we'll probably try to aim towards, you know, maybe that younger audience, which I think is always good to try to, you know, bring in new people, you know, to SNL. You know, this could be someone's first time watching SNL just because they grew up with, you know, Jenna Ortega on, you know, Disney Channel or, you know, by watching Wednesday. So that's like pretty cool and exciting. Um, and as far as like, you know, specific expectations, you know, someone like Marcelo, who, you know, is, is basically our, our first Gen Z cast member, I feel like, you know, there's opportunity for him to have a pretty big week next week. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's a great call. I guess we're going to watch and see what happens. And we're going to talk about our expectations for the Jenna Ortega episode on our patron feedback show, which will come up next in the rotation where we have a swap this week of the patron show and by the numbers. So the patron show will be on Wednesday night at 7pm Eastern, where I will be live with one of our patrons, Eric, and we will answer questions from the week. So we will put up that form tomorrow for if you want to get your questions in, get them in as soon as possible. Uh, for that show, the form will be up on Twitter and in our Instagram stories. And then on Thursday night, Mike Murray, 
We'll be back with Kirsten Turnbull and Andrew Haskell for a very fun By the Number show Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, so make sure to check that out. And, of course, we will be back for the Hot Take show right after the Jenna Ortega and the 1975 episode of Saturday Night Live. And then, uh, yeah, we have this all happening uh, next week, all the same shows, and then we will have a little bit of a break after that. Uh, We are recording an SNL Stories tomorrow. We're expecting to record with a former SNL cast member. And if you are a patron of the Saturday Night Network, you can send in your questions for SNL Stories guests. So we just posted that in our Discord server and on Patreon. So people have been sending in their questions for the interview. That is a very fun aspect of becoming a patron here and supporting the Saturday Night Network. You can find out everything about our patron program at patreon.com slash the SNL Network. All right, Sean Grant, always great to speak to you. Where can the listeners check out everything you have going on? Yeah, guys, you know, if you're in L.A. area, every other Monday I'm at the Westside Comedy Theater with my improv team, Bernie Mac and Cheese. I'm doing the Great American Comedy Festival in June. If you're in the Omaha, I'm sorry, uh, not Omaha, Nebraska, maybe it's Lincoln. It's in Nebraska, the Great American Comedy Festival. I'm one of the featured performers there. Uh, in June, so check that out. And also at the El Paso Comic Strip, April 27th through the 30th. If you're in Texas, come check me out. Absolutely. Thanks, Sean. It's always great to get to hear your thoughts on the show. Uh, Sammy K, what a pleasure. Thanks for joining us tonight. Where can listeners check out everything you got going on? Sean, uh, the pleasure is mine. Thanks for having me. Um, you guys can find me at K on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, I'm a big Oscars guy, so, you know, this Sunday, I'll probably be tweeting about the Oscars, seeing who who gets slapped, who doesn't get slapped. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. And uh, you know, you can catch me and Sean Grant at WrestleMania 39 next month, <laughs> the first weekend of April. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Speaking of slap, by the way, just before we close off tonight, I just have to say, uh, I watched this Chris Rock special on Netflix that was happening live. And I, I really wanted to get into it, but we didn't get a chance to really just like dive into the details of it tonight. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit on the patron show. But I have to think this is a great thing for the future of Saturday Night Live. The fact that they have comedy happening live on a streaming service. If anybody was concerned about the future of the show, I think the fact that streaming services are willing to do live content like doing a stand up special and perhaps live comedy in a future be it a Netflix or a Peacock. I think this is a brilliant thing for the future of, you know, sketch comedy. So uh, that was just my two cents on that. And I think we could dive in probably more on the patron shows and other shows during the week. But uh, yeah, definitely we'll watch the Oscars to see if we have another viral moment coming up this weekend. Zoe Walker, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, Great job on your first podcast. So thrilled to get to hear your thoughts. Did you have fun tonight? Yes, I had fun. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Anything you want to plug to the listeners? Nothing to plug except for supporting your public library. Oh, hey. like that. wow. that's, that's real. Definitely do that. <laughs> Get your yeah. pet spayed and neutered. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. 100%. All right. Well, uh, great to hear from you, Zoe. Great job tonight. And I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts as we continue to cover Saturday Night Live uh, for years to come. So for uh, Sean and Sammy and Zoe and everybody in the chat for joining us on this Monday night, my name is John from the Saturday Night Network. We will see you next time, everybody. Have a good one.